0: How you doing, Bill? Nice win.
1: Uh, good, good, Glenn. Coach, First, how you doing? Hey, Coach. Lou, how we doing? Good.
0: Now, did you have that second-half outfit already prepared for you before the game, or was that a, just as the rain came in, you said, well, i got to change up a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, I had to go for one more layer. Yeah. <laughs> one more layer. Half-time adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So you had a week in which you knew the weather was coming, and I know you've talked about this before. You never know until you get to the game, but you had some inkling that it might be an issue. You had some guys who were beaten up that you knew probably were not going to be there, and you talked about Marcus Cannon and his illness, and yet he gave you uh, quite a bit during the course of the game. How much does that change? when you're going through your game plan that maybe we can't do this, but maybe we can do this based on all of those conditions, especially the limitation of your personnel?
1: Well, yeah, uh, a lot of times the personnel doesn't come – it comes right down to the wire. You just don't know till the end, so you can – it's hard to prepare that, that far in advance. Uh, you have to have a contingency one way or the other, so –
0: did he change up on Saturday night when? Stuff? Well, so, sometimes if that's
1: that when if if that's when you finally know what it is, then that's what you do. Or so sometimes it's Sunday morning, um, but uh, look, that's not that uncommon. That that comes up pretty frequently from week to week, and there's a guy or two, and um, you know we're upfront about it. Just like look, if if Glenn can play, he'll play, and this is where we go. And if he can't play, then. This is what we'll do. He can't, and, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Uh, that'd be an easy contingency, but yeah. <laughs> so you. you so that, you know that's the way it is, and uh, honestly, with the weather, you know, we talk about you know, there's potential for this or that, but um, we don't get too in- involved with that either because it changes. Uh, so what, and I would say even the forecast uh, for yesterday, I don't think we we're expecting as much rain as we got, uh, and maybe a little more wind. If you listen to the forecasts and when you get the forecast, you know, that it changes a little bit uh, you know, from call it Friday night to Saturday morning to Saturday afternoon to Sunday morning. So uh, you know, it's a little bit of a moving target. So we're we're ready to adjust and sometimes it changes within the game. So uh but in the end we've been out in all of it, so I think that's one good thing is we've practiced in all those conditions and you know, uh, I don't think anybody's surprised if they'd be pretty surprised if we get something during the game that we haven't already been in. Cause that's, we've been in just about everything.
2: So after the game, you praised Marcus Cannon for his ability to go out there and play. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like it was almost last minute. You didn't know what he was going to do. How much does it help? That this is a guy that's been around a long time. If it was a rookie, would you trust his, his word that he can play in this game? Does it help that, you know, the player?
1: Yeah, I'm sure. It, it helps. Yeah. I think experience is a big, big part of that. Um, equation. No question. Um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that a rookie would or wouldn't. You know, but if would he be says he can go, you, but, you you know, know, when you've had a guy who's played a lot of football, who knows what the demands are, knows what's required, and he tells you, "I can either I don't think I can do it, or here's what I can do. These are my limitations," and then you decide as a coach whether you can live with those limitations uh, or not. And that uh, again, of course, the player has to be cleared medically. So. Uh, you know, we're not doctors. We don't cl- do that. But if the player's cleared to play, then it becomes a coaching decision. And certainly there's player input put with, the, with that coaching decision. So uh, it's a combination of things. You know, Coach, you know, Matthew Slater's blocked punt, um, obviously a
3: great individual effort. But I just want to see if you could, you know, talk me through it. Because even when he – even if he would have missed it, I feel like he would have protected himself because he was he would have ended up avoiding the punter, even if he missed it, right? Because right. he's obviously aware of the circumstance, Don't want to have a give him a first down. Can you just talk through that as far as what his requirements are and how tough that is for him to get through there and have the ability to put his arm up and not hit the hit the punter.
1: Well, um, Christian, I'd say that's something that um, you know I've coached my entire career. Was involved in coaching special teams in my very early years in the league, and uh, that's something you do. You aim for a spot where you can block the kick and not run into the punter. You don't run directly at the punter. You run to a spot that will, will allow you to contact the ball, but will also ensure that you don't hit the punter. And that spot's obviously in front of where the punter is standing. So you have to. Your your point is uh, somewhere between nine to ten and a half yards depending on what the where the contact point is and sometimes it's behind the center and sometimes it's offset a little bit if, if the punter's a directional punter. So those are all things that you know that's your aiming point and uh, you take an angle based on which leg he kicks with and where you're aligned, whether you go in front of him or you stay on your same side and reach in, or whether you cross the ball and reach behind a little bit, if you will, or in front if if, you know, the timing's right where you can reach in front. Sometimes you get a little past it and have to you know, reach back.
3: Yeah I always thought it was there's like a point of no return with guys that when you commit to it if you commit to it you better make sure you can block it because if you can't block it then the outcome could be pretty pretty bad if well, you that's, miss. That's
1: only if you take the wrong angle. Yeah, If you take the wrong angle and you miss the ball and hit the punter then to me you've taken the wrong angle that's that, that's wrong. It's wrong even if you get the ball you still shouldn't be on that course. You should be on a course that takes you either behind or in front of where the punter contacts the ball. Um, And if you don't take that angle, then it's just a matter of time before you get a rough-in-the-kicker penalty, rough-in-the-punter penalty. And secondly, if you jump up in the air and try to block it, which is another fundamentally bad thing to do, um, because you're a lot closer to the ball when you reach for it than when you jump up in the air to block it, then chances are you're going to come down, lose your balance, and hit the punter on that situation too. So we don't coach any of those. Um,
3: No, I, I think that's a testament to your coaching you know so
1: well i think well, i'm just saying i don't think what matt did was he made a great was play was it a called punt I'm a pump saying,
3: block or was it just him getting yeah. through no
1: no we were coming okay um uh, oh, i look I'm, it was a good play i'm not saying that but you know he's he's been coached to do that his entire career and players have been coached to do that for you know 30 years before that and i think what he did was the right thing but that's what he's always done and I don't, I don't think we should ever have a rough in the punter a yeah. penalty you know, if we take the proper angle and use the proper technique.
2: How much did that block punt play into later in the game, which I thought was a big moment in the game, was a field position game. They're punting from their own 40. You kind of show a look. I don't think you had anybody back. They take the delay of game, and you show them a different look. Was that block earlier in the game that allow you to kind of maybe have them concerned with what you were about to do because you got good field position after the way that whole thing turned out?
1: Yeah, well if uh you know, Lou in your next life if you're ever a special teams coach or a or a head coach and, and you have a and you have a punt block, you kinda of take a little different view of things the next time you go out and punt the ball. Yeah. So um you know I think that's an advantage if you can make a play like that early in the game like we did, that you're able to um you know, create some, I would say, uh pressure and um and and possibly alter the course of your opponent's strategy if you can you do something like that early. So, um, you know, we tried to change up the looks, but still kind of keep the pressure on. And um, and I think you know we we were able to, as you said, gain a little bit of field position with that. Uh, well well executed by the players, which is the key. And um, and I thought we we got kind of what you know the best we could hope for there. I mean, other than if we had been able to block the punt. So,
0: Bill, Stephon Gilmore uh, does another great job shutting down another premier receiver out there. On that pick, when you watch him and watch a lot of guys, you can see where he might have got his arm around and knocked the ball free, yet he was able to get himself into position to get that ball. How much of that, it's almost as if you watch him and he knows what's coming next. It's almost like he knows exactly what the play is, where the guy's going to be, what angle he's going to take. Does this guy just watch film constantly and has a book on every single guy because he just anticipates so well?
1: He studies the receivers very, very carefully, absolutely. Um, and that was a tremendous play. I think uh, you know that's a tough play for a, a defensive back to make because you're you're running across with the receiver, and if you if you go for the ball and miss it, and he catches it, then it's a big play. Yeah. Uh, if you reach for the ball with one arm, then you can hopefully knock it down if you made the right decision. Um, and But you may miss a chance for an interception. So if you go for the ball like he did, you you have to make the right decision or if he missed the ball, as we said, it's a, it's a big play. And um, not only did he get his hands on the ball, but I thought he made a terrific catch. I mean, that was a a very tough ball to catch. You know, it was low and he was laid out and, you know, wet and everything else so but he did a great job of uh timing his his jump and of course he's long and he extended well has good hands and that was terrific play on the ball I mean it's about as good as you're going to see from a defensive back
3: you know he he you know that position as a whole just has a tendency for those those guys
1: to be loud
3: obnoxious and real talkative he, he's just so quiet and reserved it's just I guess refreshing even when he does a yeah. post cave he's just so I almost say I can't what <laughs> is that? I mean, Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. No, I mean I don't know. I just like what that. What's that like? You know, just it's the opposite of what the position is known for.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think stuff's talking gets done on the field. And yeah. his performance, and uh, that speaks very loudly.
2: <laughs> you know i remember hearing stories about like ty law like from Bruski or others and said sometimes he was instinctual and would kind of do his own thing but that group was a veteran group that they would sort of cover for they'd all be on the same page are you at that point with this defense whether it's talents experience smarts to where if somebody's adjusting
1: you feel confident everybody just sort of makes that adjustment with them yeah i think we've been trying to do that for all the time i've been here 20 years lou um is
2: this group special in that regard? Yeah, they
1: are. Yeah, they really are because, you know, of course the safeties have played together. Pat, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, Pat Devin and Pat um, and uh, Duran have played together for a long time. And so uh, they kind of know what the other guy is going to do before they do it. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, Devin had a couple situations in the game yesterday where he, he did something that, you know, he hasn't done in a while. But it, it was seamless because, again, we have a lot of experience back there. And then they work well with the corners in terms of disguise and, Sometimes you disguise uh, you can disguise a little too much, and you know your teammate thinks you're gonna do one thing, but actually you're gonna do something else you're just trying to make it look different uh so you know you can just it, that just has to be you know communicated yeah. that's all like I'm not doing I look like i'm gonna do this, but I'm really not I'm faking it and i'm gonna do something else and don't misinterpret my um yeah. my alignment for something and so uh you know we just have to be i would say thorough and and um you know conscientious that we're. That everybody knows what we're doing, and but those guys are very good at that, and certainly the experience that they have playing together—John Jones and uh, Steph—you uh, know, Jason's only been with us a couple of years, but he has a lot of other experience with other members of our secondary, with you know Devin mm-hmm. and Duran, and, and so that's they have a great chemistry as well.
0: Pass protection looked to be pretty good. You ran the ball effectively yesterday. How much did Isaiah win on the left side play into that? Well it's back. good to have
1: Isaiah back. Yeah, absolutely it's good to have Isaiah back and um we, we are able to use Marshall some on the right side for Marcus. Um you know in and part of the second quarter there to kinda of help Marcus get through the game. So um but you know it's good to have, good to have everybody back, uh as many as we can. Hopefully we'll get a couple more back this week.
3: You know, we talked about uh last week like situations that come up in games. And it's almost like a test. You have an opportunity to practice it in live, real-game experience. Last week, you guys had a situation under a minute left. You just needed a a first down to kind of, you know, win the game, be done. They have three timeouts. The offense can't get 10 yards, so the defense got to come back on. I'm sure they weren't happy about that. They get another opportunity a week later. I would say, you know, tougher situations, still three timeouts, but about a minute 44. But basically they ended up closing out the game. We'll yep. get to the ref situation later yeah, and how they, right. they called the clock. But that's got to make you feel like there's progress and, you know, these guys are starting to figure out and get it at this time of year.
1: Yeah, well, as you know, Christian, each week's a little bit different. So um, running the ball against the Eagles in that situation, running the ball against the Cowboys in that same situation isn't quite the same thing. You know, they don't play quite the same defense and the players are a little different and so forth and so on. So – uh, but the situation's the same. And so, uh, yeah, we were able to execute that situation very well. Um, ended up leaving a second on the clock, which, you know, you got to be able to play defense for one second. And, um, you know, similar situation at the end of the first half. We were able to, you know, kick the field goal at the, uh, you know, last play of the half. Now, you know, we weren't able to execute it and make it, but uh, the the clock manage and putting our, management and putting ourselves in that situation was good. If you remember uh, when – the Jets played, uh the Cowboys. The Jets scored like twenty five seconds ago in the half. Um you know, Cowboys hit two passes, kicked sixty two yard two yard field goal to get three points back, you know, with twenty whatever it was, twenty some seconds. So, uh with a great field goal kicker and the explosive players they have on offense, um, you know, I thought the way our offense handled that to you know, not give them an opportunity to to you know having have have the ball at the end of the first half was big too just like it was at yeah. the end of the game it was two good situations offensively that we just bled it out
3: yeah even the end of the game was almost like handled managed to perfection other than uh, you know itchy trigger finger by the ref uh who seemed to i guess blow the whistle earlier is the rule did they is it when it hits the ground or wasn't it, it goes out of bounds when, as far as when they stopped the clock so i thought it was when the ball hit the ground or hit something
1: yeah, well, the maximum on that play is 5 seconds. You can't run off more than that. Okay. Um, and you're at 5, right? We we're at 5, and so I, I thought it was 5, but evidently they felt that it wasn't. So <laughs> I'm not sure exactly yeah. why why it was 4 and not 5. I not I think that's a question for the officials and I'll let them give the explanation for that. Uh, I'm sure there is one. Um but you know, as I said, whatever it is, it is. We got to go out there and play defense yeah. for a second. And then we got to go out there and do it, and um, and we did it. Uh, Jamie and and um,
3: tried. They looked like they were trying to hook and ladder.
1: Yeah, they were absolutely. Yeah, yeah they had the halfback running down yeah. the sideline. Brooks had him, and and uh, Jamie and JC um, made the tackle so that um, so you know they weren't even able to mm-hmm. pitch the ball yeah. back and never get it started, which is you know that was good.
2: You know, but we we always we laugh a lot about people nationally the way they talk about Tom and his play, and they always talk about game manager. And we always said in the years past, it's managing the game, and put up 30-35. Now it's to win the football game, not turn the ball over. And it's so sort of this negative feeling with this term game manager. In your mind, what is a game manager of a quarterback? Is that just everybody's everybody different, or
1: how would you define that term? Well, the object of the game is to win, so. Playing quarterback has a lot to do with that. And a lot of times situational football is is winning football. So doing the right thing that helps the team win is a key part of that position and that job. Should it be looked at as a negative term? Like if I call somebody a game manager, yeah. should it be, ah, oh, it's not good? I don't know. I think a winning quarterback is a good quarterback. I've always, always thought that was important. So as a quarterback, you do what you need to do to win. Mm-hmm. Sometimes one yard is – that's what you need to do for the team to win. And that's the most important play of the game.
0: All right, Bill, you're back on Prime Time Sunday night in Houston. Uh Deshaun Watson, another one of those guys that uh obviously presents an awful lot of problems and he's having a terrific season. So, you've kind of seen quite a few of these new more mobile type of uh quarterbacks this year.
1: We have. Yeah, you know, we have and and there're more to come. So, um seems to be But the... there's challenges every week and and certainly the Texans will will be a big challenge for us and um you know it's a team we we've played before, but it's been a while, and uh, I think their makeups a little bit different than what it was uh, the last time we played them, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. So you um, we'll we'll get ready to go, and you know, I'm sure it'll be a you know very competitive uh, game and, and a great environment down there. I'm sure the place will be uh, you know lit up, and you know we'll need to play our best game. It'll cool. be dry. Yeah, I was gonna say dry. the wind's <laughs> gonna be about
2: 70 degrees. And, uh, I had a, I had uh, a question. Okay. Go ahead. No, you go. No, I was gonna say you probably attack weaknesses and utilize your strengths. <laughs> So Try to. We Don't saw that. Trenches. We saw the show NFL uh, 100 on Friday night. How much fun was that for you to be able to talk to some of those great players and um, to talk about yourself there? I'm sure I know you're not know crazy always about that, but still to sit down with some of these guys and just talk football.
1: Yeah, it was it was a fat, fantastic experience. Uh, just being part of the whole process was um, honestly a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, but to be able to to talk to the great players and and some of the great people in the game and their perspective on it and. Um, some of whom I know fairly well and or pretty well, and others who i you know either knew a little bit or you know just met and uh it was it was awesome i can't put it into words uh, it was a great honor to be involved in that and and a great th- thrill to to be part of uh the the pro the program of you know revealing who the players were and and being able to talk about um, about some of those guys
0: it's a good education too because you know you had the running backs in the first episode. And you're going way back into the 30s, which, you know, there's no footage. You you can't find the footage. He was good. Trust me. (laughs) You can find
1: it in the 30s. You just can't find it in the 20s. 20s. 20s you can't find it. You can't find it it in the 20s. But but there's footage in the 30s. What do they
0: call that old kinescope or whatever? That's what they use, I think, is something like that. Well, it's 16-millimeter film. Yeah, 16-millimeter film. Uh, film.
1: The the tough thing about the whole process is just comparing really two-way players to one-way players. And uh, the two-way players that played through, let's call it the mid '40s, um, to some even to some degree to the late '40s, but at that point it really became, you know, one-way football. And so you have a great receiver or a great quarterback or a great defensive back or a great linebacker. Um, and then how would how do you compare them to a player that was a a two-way player, maybe not as good at the specific skill that a player in later years had, but was an all-around player, played on everything, played on every special team, played on offense, played on defense. And that's it's kind of apples and oranges. So, um, you know, the great players in in the earlier years weren't probably as skilled as the players that have played in, you know, let's call it more the modern era, the one-way players. But there's a lot of one-way players that couldn't have played both ways.
0: So we were talking about this earlier. So because the show <laughs> after they do kind of a uh, – a round table of guys talking about it and guys saying you know why wasn't i honored or he was eliminated but you can't eliminate the guys from the 20s 30s and 40s if you're doing the whole history of a 100 years of the game even though they're probably right the players who have played in the last 20 or 30 years are simply better players right because of the conditions training everything else
1: well um you don't I, I think that's the judgment that that the voters tried to make uh, in making those selections um I think uh there's a lot of players in today's era that would would have a hard time playing today's game both ways you know, there's no position for them on the other side of the ball or no pass uh, in those <laughs> days um when you play both ways they had to have a second position yeah now how good were they at that second position uh yeah you know would they be good enough to be a, a receiver you know in the modern era or a you know a, a linebacker in the modern era maybe not but the combination of both and and being able to to play both is what made them great in their day. So I look at players that dominated in their era in the thirties and the forties, the Dutch Clarks of the world. And, um, you know, guys like that, Don Hudson, people like that, that dominated their era. Uh, but they were also two way players. And I look at players in the seventies, eighties, nineties that dominated their game, uh, that weren't two way players, but they dominated their game in the game that they played They They weren't playing two ways at that point. So, but it's an interesting conversation when we try to compare the two, and uh, that's kind of what makes it makes it fun, makes it interesting. I think once you get past, call it 1950, uh, you can look at, you know, one-way pa- players, and, and it's apples to apples. You know, how good was the guy in 60? How good was the guy in 1985?
0: And you're uh, in with Paul Brown and the first two coaches selected,
1: so congrats. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty big honor right there. Uh, but I'd say to me that the, the, the great, great, great players uh, – are the ones that could have played in any era and so we started with jim brown um jim brown could have played i think at any time both ways one way wherever you want to play them um,
3: lacrosse too
1: yeah but we're talking about football <laughs> <laughs> uh, fascinated you fascinated
0: know. with the reaction you're getting from players emmett and guys that are talking to you about this because here you are Legendary coach, you're one of the people on this panel and the player is sitting there going, hearing you talk about them and I was I was fascinated mm-hmm. at that angle of it.
1: Yeah, I don't We'll talk I mean, about later I it was fascinated talking through. to him, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it was You
3: know, Coach, the um at the end of the game I saw you had like this patch or this a new jack and a patch and I, I think it's it was it was Taps Tragedy Assistant Program for Survivors, if I got that right. Yeah. Was that I know it's a salute to service was that your choice and if it was what's it about and what yeah, it so mean all the
1: uh, yeah so all the players <laughs> and coaches uh, for the game had um, uh, a uh, either well a number on the helmet for the players and the the coaching staff all had um, a pin of of the person that they um, were honoring uh, that uh, you know, gave their life for the country. So, uh, Dan Healy was was mine. He was a Navy SEAL from yeah. the Center, of New Hampshire. And uh, but each each person, uh, each coach, each player had a uh, had someone that they represented either with the initials or the pin. And so we um, uh, did things for the families and, and knew about each person. You know, where they were from, what their what branch of service, nice. uh, what their yeah. interests were, and so forth. And so there was a little. Bit, we did that last year as well. Okay, so it was a very uh, in a touching and personal um uh, you know tribute and uh, in training camp the taps families came out uh this year as they have uh, i don't know if it's the last two years or three years whatever it is but uh so families of um you know survived fallen soldiers the fallen soldiers yeah. were you know in training camp so you, you know meet members of the family and you know kind of you know, make a little bit of connection. Huh. You know, show your appreciation for them. Obviously, it's a very, very difficult yeah, that's situation cool. that they're in. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that was it. Was everybody? Uh, all the all the uh, team members participated in that. Okay. Yes.
3: So we'll go from that to the drive of the week. All right, Coach. What do you think? Drive of the week.
1: Well, you want to take the touchdown drive? Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Sure. It's a short one. Yeah, two plays.
3: Right. Big catch two by plays. Nikhil yeah. Harry. I mean, uh, difficult catch too.
1: Yeah, it was. Good. that was a great throw, great catch. Yeah, the ball had could only be put in one spot, and you know, it was a tough adjustment for Nikhil, and he you know, made a great catch on the ball. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know the drive at the end of the first half, even though we didn't score, was big. The drive at the end of the game, even though we didn't yeah. score, was big. Uh, so. The
3: third quarter one too. It,
0: I think it started in the yeah. third quarter, went into the fourth. You guys got a field goal out of third it. third and seven. Yeah, uh, Brady hit Myers in a big play yeah. in, that, yep. in that one. Kept yes, it going. Yeah, it was a big play.
1: Yeah, I mean it's one of those games where field position and. Um, You know, being able to maintain the ball for a little bit longer and then turn it over uh, on a long field to the opponent was, you know, all those were really important. It was just that kind of game.
0: All right, the conversation with the coach has been brought to you by Putnam Investments. Putnam Investments and the Patriots, proud partners, committed to an active game plan on the field and off. Have a uh, happy Thanksgiving, Bill. We'll see you back here on Monday after the Houston game.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Same to all the listeners. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: You got it. All right, go. We'll All right. do it then. Bill Belichick right here on OMF and Patriots Monday.